In the spring of 1896, a local newspaper in Korea carried a short article about a novelty game, baseball. It was played between visiting U.S. Marines and local Korean residents. The game, the report read, was full of excitement, and everybody did his part excellently. By 1934, baseball fever in Korea grew so strong that Babe Ruth himself swung by, giving his many fans the chance to cheer for him in person. It didn't take long for a pro league, the Korea Baseball Championship, or the KBO, to set up shop. Collegiate leagues and high school teams and baseball academies filled with kids who wanted to make it to the big leagues one day. And many did, all the way to the biggest league in the world, Major League Baseball, with talents like Hesop Choi, Byun Kim, and Shinsu Chu, becoming big stars in cities like Seattle, Atlanta, and Boston. It surprised very few then when Korea went to the 2008 Beijing Olympics and brought home the gold, a testament to how popular America's national pastime had become in the Asian nation. You can tell pretty much the same story about three of the six other nations competing for Olympic glory in Tokyo. Japan is baseball crazy, so much so that even high school baseball enjoys a major fan base. It's young heroes becoming characters in manga comic books devoured by their committed fans. Baseball is deeply popular in Mexico and in the Dominican Republic, it's a cornerstone of both the culture and the economy, generating a whopping billion dollars a year through sellout games and professional training facilities. The United States is, of course, the birthplace of baseball, where the best players play for the most celebrated teams. And then there's the sixth nation competing at the games, Israel. Israel doesn't have a professional league or a non-professional league, and you'll be hard-pressed to find even a pickup game going on at any given time. The country has no baseball stadiums, and you probably couldn't find more than, say, 200 Israelis who can tell you the difference between a pop-up and a change-up. This is Designated Hitters, the Israel Baseball Podcast, and I'm Hannah Weinberg. So how did Team Israel make its way to the distinguished club of the six Olympic finalists, earning a spot among some of the world's most menacing baseball powerhouses? How does an unorthodox group of guys, some Israeli-born with big dreams, some former pro MLB players enjoying a late career rebirth, some just scrappy kids who could probably never make it to the majors but found their shot by playing for the team that captured their imagination as Jews? How could such a team make it so far? That was the question on everyone's mind as the team was getting ready to take the field for its first game of a short American tour en route to Japan. They were playing the New York Boulders, an independent team playing in the Frontier League. Not that anyone in this audience was going to question Israel's right to be there. For the folks in attendance, 
Team Israel belonged in the same realm of mythology Jews reserved for such biblical heroes as the Maccabees, the brave warriors who defeated the Seleucid Empire and gave the miracle of Hanukkah. Just as those mighty ancestors were aided in their charge by a little help from the Almighty, that whole business about the oil lasting eight nights instead of one, so it was implicitly agreed that God was on Team Israel's side. In other words, the people who showed up to see Team Israel play had no interest in merely watching a ball game. They wanted a religious experience. And God was content to give them one. The day started off mild and sunny, but an hour before game time, the heavens grew dark. Hard rain started falling, getting harder as the parking lot outside the stadium started filling up. You could have robbed any house in Englewood or Fort Lee or in any of the Orthodox Jewish communities in northern New Jersey. Everyone was at the game, sitting in their cars and waiting for the rain to stop. If you called the box office and asked about the possibility of cancellation or even a rain delay, a surly rep told you to forget about it. The game would go on. With the rain coming down in sheets, Team Israel's fans walked out of their cars and into the storm, ready to face the reckoning. But first, of course, they had to eat. The game took place during the nine days, a period of mourning for observant Jews. Eating meat is forbidden, as is attending a fun baseball game. Local rabbis were consulted and returned with the same inspired answer. Jewish tradition teaches that if you finish studying a good bit of religious text, a book of the Bible, say, or a portion of the Talmud, you can celebrate your accomplishments with a celebratory meal. At 6.45, in the playground just outside the park, in the pouring rain, the faithful gathered together, reading long lines of text and expressed their gratitude for having this opportunity to study together. Then it was time to rush into the park, indulge in hot dogs and beer, and wait for their team to start playing. The rain had other plans, and the intrepid players of Team Israel hung around the dugout, signing baseballs for starstruck kids, and then apologizing when their signatures were immediately washed away by the torrent. This went on for about an hour until someone decided that destiny could wait no longer. The crowd left the safety of the covered walkway and found its way to the soggy seats. It was time to begin. In a voice that conjured every pro sports announcer ever, one part good cheer, one part sunshine, one part carnival barker, the announcer invited performers to sing the national anthems. The Orthodox Jewish singer Gad Elbaz delivered a soaring rendition of Hatikva, and an a cappella group from a local Jewish college giddily harmonized the Star Spangled Banner. The crowd cheered wildly expecting the first pitch. The organizers had something else in store. The Boulder Stadium treated the audience to a video tribute memorializing the 11 Israeli athletes killed at the Munich Olympics in 1972. Not even the trauma of terrorism, however, could dim the excitement of those presents. The game finally started and the third batter, Danny Valencia, stepped to the plate and smacked the two-out double. The crowd reacted with a cry of religious awakening, 
erupting as if Sandy Koufax and the Messiah touched down on the back of an eagle. Israel won that game 7-1 in five innings. It was finally called because of the rain. The next week, Israel barnstormed down the East Coast with stops in Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. Many baseballs were crushed, and the fan support built up along the way. Anywhere the Israel baseball team went, fans turned out, like Oren Porat, who came down from Boston. I'm Israeli, and I heard that uh, Israelis team are going to come to Hartford, and I said it's a good time to support Israel. So I'm here. Me and baseball are not good friends, but me and Israel are the best friends, so I'm here. (laughs) My wife heard about this game, um, and my uh, kids love baseball, so uh, I have three kids here, too. Closest to where we're sitting uh-huh. um, is, is third baseman Ty Kelly, so I guess so. Yeah, Ty Kelly. You know, he used to play in the majors. What team? He was on the Mets. The Mets are my favorite team. Oh my gosh, look at that. You guessed perfectly. That's excellent. Amazing. Thank you guys. Unfortunately, Oren and his kids saw a loss at the first game in Connecticut. But in game two, Israel dominated the Ocean State Waves 15 to 2. Danny Valencia homered twice, and Nick Rickles also added a home run. Starter John Mosgott earned the win after pitching two scoreless innings. On Friday morning in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Israel lost to the Ripken All-Stars. But fans from the community, like Marion Frankston, still enjoyed seeing the boys play. So when we walked in and we saw Israeli flags and blue and white caps dotting the stands. It was a really special moment. But then hearing Hatikva proudly sung by one of our own Israeli-American young girls, it, it was just a thrill. Like in Connecticut before, Team Israel made sure to give their fans a win in the second game. Israel demolished the NYPD baseball team in their final warm-up before Tokyo. They defeated New York's finest 17 to nothing. Israel scored nine runs in the bottom of the fourth on four bases loaded walks. Josh Zide struck out the side in the third, and Ben Wenger struck out four batters in the fifth and sixth. Team Israel's pitchers struck out a collective 12 batters in the shutout. They may not have stars or a tradition of play, but in America, Team Israel proved it was ready for its shot at greatness. Designated Hitters is hosted by me, Hannah Weinberg. The show is executive produced by Leah Leibowitz and produced and edited by Josh Cross, with assistance from Binyam Nevetsky. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and a review, and then share it to help others hear it too. Follow me on Twitter, at Hannah Weinberg, and follow Israel Baseball, at IL Baseball. Designated Hitters is a production of Soul Shop, in partnership with the Israel Association of Baseball.